Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Makai Becton, ladies and gentlemen, human beings that large should not run as fast as Makai Becton did. And if you like people just abusing other humans, the Makai Becton tape is for you. Wilson going to the air. Chased out by Daquan Jones. Wilson looking in zone, wide open, touchdown! First NFL touchdown for Zach Wilson! And it goes to Corey Davis. Down the middle, he's got it. Elijah Moore, the 20, the 10, the 5, touchdown! Jones is just caught flat-footed. What an excellent, excellent round. He'll hit immediately when he got the handoff. You know that's the Q-inator. Oh my gosh. Listen, thank you. From the playlikeajet.com digital studio, this is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at playlikeajet1. And we are doing 2022 Jets offseason roundtables, fifth year in a row that we're doing this. And I'm glad to have, for the fourth year, the Stewart brothers, Jamie Stewart, Emmy Award-winning sports reporter, and his brother Chase Stewart, who is the founder of Pro Football Perspective. Every year, it's been funny to see how your thinking has evolved, because I remember last year, and I said this to you both before we started recording, Chase is usually so analytical, so he always rains on everybody's parade, but last year, I think (laughs) he predicted the Jets would win more games than Jamie did. Now, Jamie, I think, ended up being closer, but it was still funny that Chase ended up being the optimist so guys thanks so much for coming back on the show thanks for having us yeah i think my optimism was fueled off the pessimism of sam darnold <laughs> and i thought without him you would see such an improvement and that uh, did not come to fruition but hey there's always next year the good news is that pessimism manifested itself in carolina so the jets got a two and a four for a quarterback who did not perform very well made them look a lot better just like the jamal adams trade is looking better and better by the day and i want to start by talking about the man who made those trades that of course the general manager joe douglas this is his third off season now because remember he came in after Mike McCagnan had done the draft and after Mike McCagnan had done free agency in 2019. So this is really his third full off season. 
Where are you guys at with Joe Douglas? What do you think? Is he somebody that's shown real potential here? Are you a little nervous about him? Do you think he's potentially on the hot seat if things don't go well this year? Jamie, we'll start with you. I already know what my brother's going to say, and I, so I'm going to let him say that. Um, I think that this is a huge offseason for Douglas. He came into potentially the worst situation in the league when he got here. And I think he did the correct thing uh, in just literally gutting the entire project. But now, as we've seen, you know, it's it's this week people have been talking about, oh, look, the Bengals, you know, won two games a couple of years ago. Now they're in the Super Bowl. Obviously, that's an anomaly. But the point is, it shouldn't take five years to make this team respectable. So I think I give him a C right now. I give him a C. Um, we don't know if he's got the quarterback or not. It was a risky move picking Zach Wilson. We can dive into Zach Wilson's rookie year, which was not good. Um, he's made some mistakes. Yes, he's made some good trades. We obviously know that first draft class is is not looking great at the moment. Um, this draft class does look good. He needs to hit home runs in free agency, and he needs to nail this draft. And then I'll let my brother really uh, bring the doom and gloom. <laughs> well, I do think uh, there was a lot of unwarranted flattery and optimism about Joe Douglas. And so I, I think there were lots of people who said, this guy's doing it right. He knows what he's doing. He's a football guy. This is going to be so awesome. And there was really no evidence of that. So I, I found him to be pretty overrated. And there was a lot of, you know, Joe Douglas can do no wrong from Jets fans. And, and keep in mind, this is just from Jets fans, right? Nobody outside of New York cares about the Jets or Joe Douglas <laughs> thinks Joe Douglas is doing anything positive. You know, he's been here now for a couple <laughs> years and you look at what, what he's done and the team's been terrible. So I can't get too excited about it. I think obviously Jamie's right that he inherited a tough situation. Uh, I'm not sure he's done a lot to make it better. It's easy to cut bad contracts, to you know, say you're rebuilding, to, to trade for more draft picks. And to just say we're we're doing a, a long rebuild, we're building the right way. It's going to take time. We're not going to spend it for the agency, but the product on the field's been terrible. And so, uh, so far, it, it's there's not a lot to be excited about. His biggest decision was Zach Wilson, and you know you can't judge Wilson after a year, but it you know it certainly does not look like it was. Uh, the right pick. I don't want to say it wasn't the right pick. That's probably too strong of a statement. But I can't sit here and say, oh, you know, good, good on Joe Douglas for looking at all the quarterback options and drafting Zach Wilson. That was, you know, great job. Uh, hopefully that we, we say that in a couple of years. And obviously the, the 2020 class was bad. I, I had made the comment that the Beckton pick looks pretty bad given how good Werfs has been in Tampa Bay to, you know, two or three picks later. You know, Douglas has not taken flack for that. I think arguably he could. The entire 2020 draft class looks pretty questionable. And so a couple of – and also solid. I mean, the biggest things Douglas has done has been quarterback and coach, and so far there's not a lot to ride home about. So we'll, we'll see. I'm not – you know, hot seat maybe, but uh, I do think Douglas had a tough – he inherited a job that was going to make it difficult to win right away, and he hasn't won right away. But I'm not sure the foundation is much better now than it was two years ago. And I guess if I want to sum up the generally negative view I have on Douglas, what I'd say is if I told you when Douglas was hired that 
you know, the 2022 Jets would be expected to be one of the worst teams in the league, you probably wouldn't have been too happy. Chase, you make a really good point because my friend Chris Walker says all the time, it's easy to break it down, but it's hard to build it up. In other words, it's not that tough to find the bad contracts and get rid of them. We saw John Idzik did that. And I think this is why Mike McCagnan was such a unique failure because he failed to do that and build it up. So he failed in every way imaginable, whereas at least John Idzik had the right plan, just couldn't execute. So we'll see if Joe Douglas can do it. If he's going to, his partner in crime here is going to be Robert Sala, first-year head coach here, comes in with his two guys, Mike LaFleur, who he was with in San Francisco, and Jeff Ulbrich. LaFleur got a lot of criticism early on, and then he got a lot of praise later in the season. It was the opposite for Ulbrich. Early in the year, the Jets' defense was doing a bend-but-don't-break thing, and then I think eventually teams sort of figured out what the blueprint was to just straight-up destroy them, and the Jet defense ended up being the worst in the league, and Ulbrich has gotten a ton of criticism, especially down the stretch of the season. So, Jamie, where are you at on Salah and the coaching staff do you like what you've seen so far? Are you convinced yet that they're the right guys for the long haul? I'm a Jets fan, so nothing will ever convince me, <laughs> no matter what. Um, so LaFleur is, has, was the best coach of the year for the Jets. I don't think anybody can even dispute that. He was, he was more impressive than Sala and certainly Ulbrich. Look, before the year, we thought the Jets' defense wasn't going to be good. So it was surprising to Jets fans when the defense was good for the first month and a half. Okay, but, you know, the loss of, you know, Lawson really killed them. Obviously, the loss of May for half the season killed them as well. Uh, They had tons of injuries. So I'm I'm not going to go crazy with Ulbrich after year one because they're a work in progress. I thought LaFleur really shows some great tendencies and some some just real nice game management. And he I mean, look, he picked plays. He designed plays that other teams actually took. From the Jets. I mean, that never happened. So, so far, so good with him. If he does a really good job next year, who knows? Maybe he would get a potential head coach interview. I don't think he would get a job yet. Um, as for Salah, probably underwhelming, I would say, after year one. Not going crazy either way. He kept the team fighting. Um, you know, he kept everybody uh, wanting to play for him. Um, he was aggressive in certain areas, which was good to see because you don't usually see that from a Jets head coach. Uh, but I think he understood the, the, the situation at hand, which is this is a team that is not ready to compete. So overall, underwhelmed from Salah, but I'm not in any way panicking with him. I, I think that's fair. I, I don't think you could be super impressed with, with how Salah did. I mean, he's a defensive coach, and the defense was, was awful. So he, he didn't do much there, and the offense – you know, I think I, I agree with Jamie that LaFleur did a nice job and and he made the Jets offense at times look good. Unfortunately, a lot of the, the best work was with Wilson <laughs> wasn't the quarterback, but that that's a separate issue. You know, I, I, I think uh, the talent on the team was bad and Sala inherited that. And so uh, I think it is hard to judge a, a first year head coach on a team that's devoid of talent and it's not Salah's fault that, you know, there, there's no talent on the team. Uh, I would say there's certainly some concern about the defense, right? I mean, the, he was brought in because of his defensive expertise. That looks pretty bad. Uh, this year will be a bigger year for that. Part of the – and you never know how much is basically media messaging slash BS, but I feel like Salah and Douglas were parroting the lines of, we don't need 
a bunch of stars. We've got our great system. We've got our scheme. We don't need to have the you know highly drafted cornerbacks and, and safeties to to dominate on defense. We know what we're doing, and well, it, it doesn't didn't look like they knew what they were doing. So this will be a better test of it. But yeah, I'm not ready to to kill Salah. But I, it's really, I think at this point, just an incomplete. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. Let's uh-huh. talk about the quarterback that you guys have spoken about quite a bit already, and that's Zach Wilson. His rookie year, very up and down to say the least. He started out really bad, got hurt, came back. Seemed to improve. I wouldn't say lit it up, but definitely was better than he was early in the season, so gave Jets fans some hope. Jamie, what do you think so far? I know you're not totally sold on Wilson yet, but are you out on him yet? Oh, no. No, definitely not. Um, But I will say this. I learned my lesson, and as we all did, from Sam Darnold. Mm -hmm. So my leash is not going to be, you know, three, three seasons. So... I'm not out. I was surprised at how bad he was early on. Um, he did not look like he belonged. That said, you want your quarterback. We knew this was a bad team. With a rookie head coach and a guy who was drafted after one great season at BYU. So that's a risk. So it really shouldn't have been that surprising that he struggled. Um, but he was bad. But listen, the beginning of the season, after the first month, people were saying this guy could potentially break Peyton Manning's interception rookie record, and he didn't come close. Now, he also didn't come close to throwing any touchdowns either, but last five weeks of the season, he looked a lot better than the first five weeks. Um, I like his brains. I like his talent. I think there were probably too many chefs trying to you know, cook a great meal for him, and he was a little overwhelmed, but that's not 
that big of a deal as long as he looks a lot better next season with the better weapons. Remember, I mean, look at the receivers this guy was playing with. He had like, what was it, like 30 snaps with his starting receivers that were supposed to be his starting receivers for the year. So he he really struggled in that regard, and that was out of his control. So I'm not out in any way with Wilson, but he definitely needs to show a lot of improvement next year because if we have a lot of questions at the end of next year, it's time to push the panic button. Yeah, I'd say five. You know, when, when, people, <laughs> when people talk about the improvement at the end of the year, I think for me five's the big number. Uh, the Jets had five passing yards in the final game of the season <laughs> against Buffalo, and so that was a little disappointing. No, he I, threw a I, touchdown. I, I think it, it was a very rough rookie year. It was clearly below expectation. It was underwhelming, and there were some positives. His best game of the season was early on. That was a game Jamie and I were in attendance for, and so. Shocking. That was a shocking game that we saw against Tennessee, and he looked good there. The The lack of interceptions was really related to the lack of doing much of anything. In addition to the five-yard game, the Jets passed for less than 200 yards in three of the other uh, five games in the, down the stretch. So uh, it, it was I think you guys. Tough. I think you guys are getting a, a little peek into what Chase and my Sunday conversations are like during the Jet game. <laughs> you know, I, I think if you – Think back to August, July 2021 as to what the Zach Wilson projections were. It was not 2,334 yards and nine touchdowns. So it, it was a disappointing year. And it, it was made worse by the fact that Mike White and Josh Johnson both looked better than Zach Wilson. So, you know, I'm not, uh, I'm not out on him. And I do think it, it is fair to criticize his supporting cast. And I think Wilson was in a tough spot. And certainly by the end of the year, the offensive line was hurt. The receivers were hurt. So th- there were a lot of problems, but we also saw the same thing with Geno Smith and with Mark Sanchez and with Sam Darnold. And so part of me is uh, concerned for sure about Zach Wilson. I think it's fair to say he was a, you know, basically an unknown and a, not a highly regarded prospect. Uh, until he had one great year at BYU. And so then the, the question is, how much does one terrible year in the NFL counteract that? And so for me, the, certainly there's hope that Wilson can turn it around. Other quarterbacks have. We saw the arm talent. He does seem to be a good guy. He, he seems to work hard. I think he could be, um, you know, that downfield passer that the Jets have needed. There were a lot of accuracy issues early on. Um, that's still a concern. This is a huge year for him, and I, I'm not sure what's going to happen if he doesn't play well. And uh, certainly it's, I think, important for the Jets to figure out who their backup quarterback is and whether it's because of injury or poor play. That's probably somebody who's going to see some time in 2022. If Wilson is going to take a step forward in 2022, he's going to need some help, and that's going to come through free agency in the draft. We'll talk about the draft in a second, but I want to touch on free agency first. The Jets have holes all over the place. They won four games. That doesn't happen if you have a really talented roster. They need help on the offensive line. They could use a receiver. They badly need a tight end. They could use another running back. They have a desperate need at corner and edge rusher. They need linebackers. They need safeties. They need help (laughs) everywhere. About the only position where you have to figure they're not going to invest this offseason is quarterback. So let's talk about this. Jamie 
Free agency is coming. You've got the internal free agents. Morgan Moses, who I thought played pretty well in relief of Mekhi Becton, who was hurt pretty much the entire year. Braxton Berrios is a popular name right now. A lot of Jets fans want him back, but at what mm-hmm. cost? Then you've got Marcus May, who a year ago at this time, a lot of Jets fans wanted the team to sign to a long-term deal. I don't think that's something that they would still believe right now. Then you go externally. No. There's a ton of free agents that they could bring in here. Marcus Williams, if you're looking to go for a safety, 25-year-old safety out of New Orleans. A lot of people think he's going to shake free because of how bad the Saints' salary cap situation is right now. There's no way they're going to be able to right. afford him. And there's plenty of others. So tell me about what you think the Jets should do in free agency, both in terms of who they should keep and let go in their own ranks and which position specifically you think they should target free agency and if there are any players you like. Free agency, I mean, I, I like what you said as far as safety from New Orleans. I, I, I think he would be a welcome addition. Obviously, they need to address the tight end situation. Uh, I don't know if the, the Cowboys are going are gonna to let that tight end go or not. You got a Joku from Cleveland. Uh, they need to address the tight end situation. Um trying to think as far as the offseason free agents that they will have Marcus May I think probably has played his last game with the Jets uh very unfortunate what happened with him and he turned down a deal by the way that the Jets offered him before last year um this Barrios is interesting very good kick returner I was not as high as on Barrios as other people were I admit it he has won me over not to the point where the rumored $9 million a year he wants, I would give. I would certainly not do that. Um, but I think he's a nice, you know, good kick returner, good team player, maybe a three, probably a four. Um, I think the Jets need to dress tight end. Um, I would like to get one of those. And then it's we have to see what they do in free agency to then decide, obviously, what they're going to do in the draft. Um I'm sure they're banking on Carl Lawson coming back and impacting their pass rush, which is great. The Jets would like another edge rusher on the other side. Um, They need to shore up the line as well. We've been hearing this for years, and it was actually pretty decent last year. Um, And the last thing I'll say is, will the Jets explore a trade for a playmaker? And Joe Douglas hinted towards that. I'm not adverse to that. You've heard the names Calvin Ridley. You've heard the names of Mari Cooper. Um, they come with some baggage or else they wouldn't be on the trade block, but they would probably be the best Jets receivers as soon as they got on the team. So at this point, I think Jets fans are sick of seeing the Jets be the lesser of the two teams as far as talent goes every Sunday. So I'm all for injecting some talent. Yeah, I think it's really more of a widespread approach that, uh, you know, we, the Jets are not two players away. They're not three players away. So I think you, you kind of hit the nail on the head, right? The Jets could use help at every position. You said except for quarterback, and we're unclear if that's true. But the Jets <laughs> really have a lack of talent throughout the roster. Uh, I do think the offensive line was pretty good last year. That was not the biggest issue. And when healthy, uh, the receiving group was pretty good, but you know that, that health was an issue at times last year. Tight end's a huge haul. I think Joe Douglas whiffed on that last year at the agency. And he either had a inflated view of Herndon or he just misread the market, but he was not able to, to add a tight end last year. They do need to do it this year. And then on defense, agreed. Lawson could make a big difference, but otherwise they just need players. They need depth. They, they could probably sign six or seven new you know, veterans and they could all be meaningful contributors next year. So you're talking about defense that, that really 
was far below average for far too too often in the games. And so I think what, what you're seeing is, for whatever reason, a, a roster that is still one of the worst in the NFL. And it's it's not about stars. It's about adding consistent talent throughout, especially I think on defense where a couple of bad players can really kill the defense. I think upgrading that overall talent level is key. And then in the draft, likely focusing more on offense. And I have to give you a shout out, Chase, because you did say you were big on the Jets getting a tight end last offseason, way before the season started. You kept on hammering at home for free agency. I think you kept on talking about Hunter Henry. And well, in typical Jets fashion, it was, you know, Chris (laughs) Herndon's going to be awesome. So you don't have to worry about it. And so Jets fans have have done a good job of deluding themselves into thinking mediocre players are going to be. The problem is they say a guy is going to be just fine and just fine doesn't work when, you know, everyone on the roster is just fine. Just fine works if you've got Patrick Mahomes throwing to you. As of now, Zach Wilson is not Patrick Mahomes, despite the pre-draft comparisons. No. We'll see if he ever gets to that point. We all can hope and dream. But if he's going to ever reach that level, like we said, he's going to need some help in free agency and in the draft. And as you said, Chase, there are a ton of areas that the Jets need to fix on defense because we saw how bad that defense was. And a lot of people want to go the flashy route and just get offensive weapons in the draft. I've argued many times that it's got to be a balanced approach because if this team is anywhere near as bad as it was last year and if that defense is anywhere near as bad as it was last year, Joe Douglas is either fired or in big trouble and Robert Salah is probably entering year three on the hot seat so they have to know that and they've got to go into this draft with a lot of premium picks and make them count so you said tight end you also talked earlier about how the Jets just need playmakers all over the place so let's talk about how they can do that in the draft Jamie what do you think where would you be focusing most heavily in this draft? Are there any specific positions you'd really be looking at with those first few picks? And are there any players right now that you really like? It's a weird, you know, it's a weird draft because a lot of people are, you know, the experts are, are talking about it's not necessarily top heavy. It's there are a lot of players that you can get, and there's not a huge difference between, you know, the top ten versus ten through twenty. Um, the Jets are have two picks, which is great. Um, you know, if you go line, it's probably the safest, you know, the Kwanu from NC state or Neil, if he fell to four would be safe. I'm not a huge fan of, uh, of just drafting a lineman with a top five pick though. I, I like to see a difference maker. Um, you know, Thibodeau is, is a great guy who is one of those splash guys who the Jets have been looking for since John Abraham. There are question marks about him as well. Obviously, the Jets are going to do their due diligence. They're going to know more than I do. Um, I would like to see the Jets grab one of those top receivers. I'll say this with, you know, maybe the 10 pick or if they trade down. So I'd like to see them come away with one of the top receivers and one of the top tight ends. Hey, maybe even Jeremy Ruckert from Long Island. Um, Give me some offense. Give me. Yeah, the pass rusher is good as well. The one thing I will say, and I have nothing against him. I will smash my hand on the desk if cornerback Derek Stingley is picked at number four for the Jets. And I'll eat my words if the guy turns out to be, you know, Darrell Rivas 2.0, but I don't want it. I don't want it at four, and it's too risky. And it's Sal and Douglas have shown that they don't really put a high priority on cornerbacks, at least right now. So that's, that's my take. 
<laughs> well, you know, I, I generally think offense is more important than defense. So uh, I'll agree with, with my brother about Stingley. I think the, the problem is if you think about how to make the offense good, it, it kind of breaks into three people, right? So you've got a quarterback, you've got the yeah. offensive line, and then the receivers. And, and there's, you know, the running back, not a critical part of the modern offense in the NFL. And so Jess aren't going to draft the quarterback. Although, frankly, that's where the biggest improvement is going to come in 2022, if they can get back to quarterback play. So that leaves you looking at the offensive line and the receivers. And I'll include tight end and receivers, but you know, there's not a tight end that's worthwhile you know, with the fourth pick or the tenth pick. So you're really kind of thinking between offensive line and receiver. And honestly, the Jets are not that bad at either position. I think the Jets group of, uh, of receivers is – arguably average, maybe even better than average. And I think the same can be said for the offensive line. And so it's hard to get super excited, certainly about an offensive lineman with, with a pick that high. Uh, I don't think one offensive lineman is going to make the difference for the Jets. And I think at receiver, you know, to the extent that everybody's healthy, if they've got Davis and Moore, you know, obviously Mims is not going to work out. Uh, but, you know, I think Davis and Moore form a nice – one-two combination. They're going to get another tight end. We'll see what what else happens at receiver, but there are options there. I think the Jets really should be looking to trade down. It gets back to the earlier point of there are so many holes on this roster. The Jets need talent. Uh, it's going to be, I think, harder to trade down this year than most years. Right, and exactly. That, and that's going to be because of the lack of top-end talent that Jamie referenced, but I still think it, it would be worthwhile even if you're getting – you know, less than the typical return. I think the Jets just need more draft picks and more good bodies. Uh, and I, I can't get super excited about any of the players we're talking about it for. Well, how many how many years are we going to do this, though? How many years are we going to sit here and say, let's just get nine picks? Oh, the Jets have six picks in the top 45. Well, you know, how many years are we going to do this? I mean, do, do I need to run down Joe Douglas's first draft and all the guys who stink? I want well, some. Game, I want some ball players, man. The problem is, I don't think there's anyone there that's going to do it. You know, Evan Neal is not the guy that's going to make the Jets' offense awesome. That's the problem. Probably not. What about uh, Equano? <laughs> yeah, I mean that. That's really where where things are, and it, it does go back to Wilson. Part of the reason we we talk about how valuable was the draft Zach Wilson was, you know, you don't need to have a bunch of superstar receivers if you've got a franchise quarterback, and so. The biggest improvement for the Jets are going to be, assuming things work out, that Zach Wilson makes a big step forward in 2022. And then it's really just surrounding him to make sure that there's competent talent on the team and depth when the Jets inevitably suffer you know, the, the most injuries in the NFL. <laughs> but if we are a fan of LaFleur, which we are, and Wilson makes a decent jeep, uh, leap from year one to two, uh, this off, there's no reason why this offense should not look Pretty com- pretty competent. I think that's that's why we were optimistic last year. It's like the blanket getting pulled out straight from under us, like the old Charlie Brown cartoon. It just keeps happening yeah. over and over again. So let's hope that this is where it stops happening. Chase Stewart, Jamie Stewart, thank you so much, both of you guys, for coming back on the show. Really appreciate it. Before you run, why don't we talk a little bit about what you're up to and how people can follow you on social media? Jamie, you go first. I think I just changed my Twitter handle. So uh, my Twitter handle now is at Jamie Stewart TV, J-A-M-I-E, Jamie Stewart TV. I'll tweet tons of stuff about the Jets and 
other stuff and sometimes wrestling and sometimes kiss and I'm doing a bunch of uh, different things. Um, working for greater long Island.com, uh, teaching at various universities on long Island for sports and, uh, news journalism and, um, trying to learn the ukulele. Chase is going to help me with that. <laughs> That's, yeah. And, and, uh, I'm not going to be ukulele, but I'm going to be moral support. This has been fun. Appreciate you having me on. Uh, follow me on Twitter at FBG Chase and the website's footballperspective.com. Or you can just follow my brother and he'll probably be tweeting at me that day. <laughs> <laughs> Make sure you follow both Jamie and Chase and check out everything they're doing and check out everything we're doing at playlikeajet.com and the Play Like a Jet YouTube channel. The Thunder from Down Under, Luke Grant, has got some great videos up, including one where he attempts to fix the Jets in 10 minutes. I'm not sure that that's enough time to fix the Jets, but Luke gives it his best try. It's up right now. He's got film reviews, too, of Trey McBride, one of the tight ends who could potentially fill that role that Chase has been talking about for the last two years out of Colorado State, arguably the best tight end in this draft class. So check that out right now and subscribe to our channel if you haven't already. Check out our store at tpublic.com. That's T-E-E-Public.com. We've got the John Franklin Myers, Quinn and Williams, bless you, thank you shirt. The Zach Says Go Long shirt and the Zach the Ripper shirt. We've got the Play Like a Jet logo shirt, caps, mugs, hoodies. It's all there. Tpublic.com. That's T-E-E-Public.com. And give us a five-star review for the podcast on iTunes if you haven't done that already. Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. Doesn't take you much time. Doesn't cost you any money, but it goes a long way to help us out. So if you can go ahead and do that for us, we'd be quite grateful. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts and content, you know where to go. That's Play Like a Jet Digital and PlayLikeAJet.com. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad. To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. 
Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai.